Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I am the Pork. I'm the Blake. And uh, I'd say there's a fair few upset Raiders fans out there this week. Blake, how do you feel about that? It's hard not to be upset. Um, Friday night was, you know, it was bizarre. Mm. Bizarre. It was a a travesty. Yep, a Um, travesty. You sort of expect to get, you know, the odd rough call here and there, but we just had absolutely no luck. We went into the game with a huge injury crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, I was saying uh, before, um, Caesar, you know, the team got named and he got injured about half an hour after the team got named. So we went there, five players down. And look, after a a very fast start from the Sharks... Mm. And then we really came back and we should have won that game. And it was yep. just, you know, there are probably four big, big, I think, refereeing issues there. Mm. Obviously, the, the try, no try. Yeah. The forward pass. Yeah. Um, there was that bump on Oldfield or where Oldfield did the bump, which was absolutely nothing. Nick and even, even the death, I thought that the um, call for when Hodgson um, stole the ball was called a knock-on. I didn't even see how that was a knock-on. It just, just felt no. like we couldn't get anything that night. No, I don't think we could get a damn thing. I really think as a team, you know, and I'm careful with my language here, as a team, as a club, as a group of supporters, I feel we were violated. I feel we were violated. I think there is a definite need for us to be able to go forward as a unit and make a victim impact statement and have the people who violated us in the most horrible manners that they did on Friday night actually sit there and listen to exactly, you know, how we all feel and the impact um, that it's had on us after we were so horribly violated because that's what it was. It was violated. And I think when you come to the questions that we've got in, there are, there are a lot this week. Most of them go around the uh, the refereeing. So uh, Ryan Gillard says he, he's ignore, uh, annoyed that the McFarlane howler distracts from all the other howlers that were in the match because it really, you know, raised yeah. the flag. And then... Uh, um, uh, Jared Sutton not actually doing anything about it at all was bad. Uh, Matt Potter says, why isn't Perinara getting any heat from this? I, I reckon as well. I agree, I agree. Look, he had every opportunity to say, hey, that ball was knocked on and make this a dead issue. But the fact um, was... Or even, the flag went up. Any Anything at all that showed that Henry actually had some testicles. Well, the, but the thing was, with the, the when it went to the video ref, it went, they, it went up as no try. Mm. And then they went to the replay, and you couldn't tell if it was a knock-on or not. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, therefore, okay, there's no definitive proof to say yeah, yeah. that it wasn't a knock-on. Yep. They'll have to refer back to yep. the on-field decision of no try, but yet they called it a try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that was even totally separate. And you could see at that point up. that Jerry was uh, pretty upset because he suddenly, I think Jerry Sutton at that particular moment. Did you see where he's drinking the Powerade? Yeah. And he just had that just this ashen the look. Ashen and look. The blood I, I, that's out exactly of his face. the moment I was thinking of. Yeah. And he's talking. Talking to the the bunker at that stage about all sorts of things, and you can see he knows at that stage because he knew that Ricky McFarlane's flag had gone up. He almost blown the whistle. He should have blown the whistle. Um, and none of this happens if he blows the whistle. None of this happens if he says the flag's gone up, um, so we're going to have to stop it. None of this happens if Perinara doesn't decide that the ball wasn't actually knocked on. Um, or basically says the flag went up, so it's even at worst case scenario an attacking scrum to the the sharks. Yeah, even at worst case scenario, it's, it's a bit like that. Um, that like if you've watched that air crash investigation yeah, show, yeah, yeah. it's never one single event that yeah, causes yeah. the plane crash. It's, it's a whole series of events, and at any one point, it could have been averted. Like it that was just yeah, it was just sort of like appalling decision compounded by another appalling decision in terms of putting up the flag. Mm. 
Is there any reason for a touch judge to put up a flag apart from someone going out or not? Yeah, absolutely. He's allowed to do it for, for foul play and to point out something he thinks the ref has missed. But as, as Bill Harrigan has said, and lots of the referees and ex-officials that I've talked to basically said, the instant that flag goes up, because people say, oh, you've got to play the whistle, you've got to play yeah. the whistle. The flag is the whistle. The flag is the whistle. When the flag goes up, play stops. That's what the flag means. There has been an incident that that requires attention and the play can no longer continue. And the referee is obliged, the instant the flag goes up, to stop play. Yeah. He cannot overrule the well, flag. Well, he was, he was going to stop it. And then he thought, oh, well, since the Sharks player has gone around now and sort of... Um Mentally yeah. put down the ball. Well, we'll just send it up to the video, and it'll take it out of my hands. And and but the thing was, and the news that came back from um, uh, Bernard Sutton the next day was basically they'd gone and done some desperate blame storming. They tried to talk to Ricky. Ricky wouldn't take their phone call. Good on you, Ricky. Well done, Ricky. I wouldn't have taken their phone call either. Or if I had, I probably would have farted in the receiver. Um, you know that sort of thing. I think is 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 definitely juvenile, perhaps, and and warranted as well. <laughs> Um, but um, with all, all the things that went on there, Bernard basically came and said, oh, Ricky shouldn't have done it. Ricky I know, they really so scapegated the basically um, the touch was grave. And th- this is Bernard Sutton style. Let's take the lowest person on the totem pole and throw them under the bus and everything will be fine. And that's what he does. He does it all the time. He should never have been appointed to this role. There was no process whatsoever for it. There was no advertised job. There was no job description. There was no KPIs. There was no desirable or must-have experience. He was just appointed because he's Tony Archer's mate. And that's all it was. And those chickens are now coming home to roost because the whole system that's been put in place by Bernard Sutton of the bunker and all the ways it works around has been put in by Bernard Sutton and it has completely failed. And now he's getting his comeuppance because the news has come in this very evening as we're going to record that Todd Greenberg's come over the top and he is going to stand down um, all the, the officials from that match, um, and hopefully both of the bunker officials as well, who also failed in that. Coming Demote out the, the general, I say. De- well, Pump him down to at least colonel. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, a lieutenant. Um, <laughs> but um, less so him and more so Henry Perinara, who should have known better. Like, you've got to have a feel for the game and go, oh, that just can't stand. There has to be a common sense rule in where you go, oh, gee, I just saw something. Um, we've got to stop this. And there's no easy way to stop this without actually wearing some egg. But wearing some egg now is going to be a whole lot better yeah. than what's going to happen later. The common sense rule of, yeah, we can't. Even even if they called a scrum up, attacking scrum for the Sharks saying, Ricky shouldn't have raised his flag, but you all stopped as a result of it, which is completely understandable. But it wasn't right. So it's an attacking scrum. Very much like if the ball hits the referee, um, it goes to an attacking scrum to the whichever team's in the attacking thing. And we've seen some really good kickers before actually aiming for the referee to try and get that six again. Um, Part but, of me thinks, though, even if we hadn't stopped, he still would have scored. Do you consider that? Yeah, look, he may have. <laughs> he may have. But again, the instant the flag goes I know. up, I know. play had to stop. And that's just the way it was. It was goes. surreal. The whole thing was bizarre. Marty Owen comes in, going back to question. Marty Owen comes in and says the pass was forward as well. It wasn't just knocked on and the flag went up. The pass was also forward. Yeah. I reckon well, it was the marginal. Well, the bunker can't roll on that. No. no. <laughs> Although I reckon they should because I reckon forward passes are offside plays, personally. Um, Adman wants G. Sutton and Perinara sacked. I think he's going to get 50% of that with G. Sutton sacked, but I think Perinara is going to dodge the bullet. Um, Ryan Gillard says again well he also wants Perinara sacked a lot of people don't like Henry yeah. I, I gotta say I've met Henry really nice guy Not you, so like, you like everyone though no I don't there's a couple I don't like do you want to hear who I don't like no we know you don't like who 
Who don't I like? Brett Sutter. Uh, yeah, I don't like Brett Sutter. Um, and I don't know who else. Chris Butler. Chris Butler. Okay, that's yeah. it. Don't like Chris Butler. Um, those, no, but those are the only two, and and I have my reasons for those two. Right. Which aren't well known, but they they'll know why. Um, uh, Wanda came out and she said, "Well, she's too sad to comment on the whole thing, so you can't really add anything." Sorry about that, Wanda. A lot of us are. Hamish Wood said. Why is Cia Soliola being picked over Papa for the second row? Well, I think that's because Ricky wants Papa at lock. Yeah. He's playing quite well at the He's lock, playing great, moment. big minutes. He's been... he's been. I was actually going to um, put forward a, a bit of a thought on Josh Papali's season. Mm. Can you ever recall a time where a player's been dropped to reserve grade yeah. and has then gone on in the same season to win Player of the Year? Because I think he's clearly... Yeah, yeah, he's, he's clearly going to win. He's going to win the the Melbourne medal again this year. The only one who's I think is really any chance of getting him is Jordan Rapana. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Rapana. Um, yeah, that's the only person. Well, Jack White, and you know, probably was in the running. Was as well. really in the running. Has come down. I think Joe Tarpano probably would have had a shout if he hadn't been suspended. I know, which has been which has been a real blow. Elliot White has been very good, but the dark horse in all this, though, of course, is Josh Hodgson, because he would have got very close to three votes in every match he's played in so far. So that being the case, if he keeps that up for the remaining six matches, he could still get it. It's a bit like um, when Campisi almost won the Daly M just on the back third of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and deservedly so. Uh, Simon Best has come out and said, Oldfield is a liability. Um, you feel the same way? Look, I thought it was very strange that he was picked in the centre mm. ahead of Nick Yeah, Kotrick. I did too. I, I, I didn't understand that at all. I was also surprised that Nick Kotrick uh, was moved away from fullback. Yeah, I thought that was odd too. But I would have, I would have either had Kotrick at um, at either fullback or centre, and I wouldn't have had him at wing. I mean, Oldfield's how many games has Oldfield even of football played this year? Because usually he's been eighty man for us. Yeah, and no, he's played quite a few matches, and I think he plays centre for the Mounties occasionally. But um, he's definitely a winger. I look in Ricky, we trust. There had to have been some logic to that. There is no way they just went, "Oh, that'll do." They it's thought about that they had it, but I, I didn't. I didn't he understand that either. He dropped the ball three times on three separate occasions. It was painful, mm. um, it, and also, yeah, he, you know, was, was he didn't have a good match. No, in defence, he wasn't great either. No. Well, John Christopher asks as well, uh, how are we bringing players through now without the under twenties, uh, especially with all the other handicaps we have? How we develop them? This, here? this is the thing, and I really, when um, Toots got injured, and we went, okay, who's Toots, 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 Toots is more like you know flatulence. Anyway. When Jay Croker got injured, I thought in the past there's always been a Brenko Lee or an Edric Lee or way back when a Justin Carney. There's always been that sort of next big thing coming through the under 20s. Mm. And now there just doesn't seem we've got a few good young forwards that we know about, but there doesn't seem to be any good young backs on the radar at all. Well, I think Brad Abbey's pretty good. I thought Michael Oldfield stepped up pretty well. Okay, he had a rotten match. But, but I mean, yeah, in no, terms of genius coming through our system. I do get your And it does, it, it does always look like as though there has been talk that we are going to abandon so much time and effort spent on developing juniors because the club's decided that they get burnt. It doesn't really work out in the end anyway. Yeah, we spend a lot of time. Gonna, and we're just going to buy someone else's. Well, and look, it's hard to fault the importing of Josh Hodgson as being the master stroke that's actually made us competitive. I mean, I know we've missed a lot of final series, but we've had a fair bit of bad luck in the last two years as well. Um, but I think going and purchasing players who are on their way up, on the upward arc, and actually paying for them, and then trying to build... Because players will come and play for less around stars. They will. If someone gets the opportunity to play around Josh Hodgson now, it's a draw card. 
Yeah. It's an absolute draw card. Yeah. So you're going to play around Josh Hobson because they're thinking, oh, my side's going to be going forward. So look, I do see both sides of it. Uh, Paddy, and uh, forgive me with a surname, Canciani. Yeah. Well, it could be Chanciani. I don't know. but Canciani. Canciani. She hates the bunker. She really hates the bunker. She wants to go back to one ref again and she wants to give linesmen more power. Um, just to be able to do, you know, exactly what Ricky Fallon did. Well, that's that's the uh, Andrew Johns thing. If you get if you get rid of the bunker, you got to bring back in goal touch in goal judges. judges. Yeah. I liked in goal touch judges. Having said that, that, would be a really boring job. I don't know. You get a really good view of the game. It's really cool being that close to the ground when you're doing sideline and you like a ground like Penrith or or the Sharks where you literally, you know, there's the tram lines for the the touches running up and down, and then there's you. And you actually can feel, you know, the exhalation as breath as, you know, and mm. someone gets pounded in the ribs. It's awesome. So in goal touch judge would actually have its point. The problem is, you know, you get upwards of 20 ultra high definition, slow, super slow-mo cameras, they're going to do better than a human. And that's why you can't go back to in goal touch judges. There's You've nothing, but the, the thing about the bunker is there's nothing wrong with the technology it's the people. It's the people that are in there oh, pressing yeah. the buttons. Yeah, yeah. The the error seems to be between the seat and the and the. How console. is it that you know it's like the the um, O'Sullivan one? Mm. You know, the oh. previous week. Yeah, yeah. How yeah, do yeah. they come up with these decisions? No, and every that's, that's sane it. person watching it. You know, and that cost the Titans that match. Yeah, and that also cost the Titans their run at the finals as well. And people say, oh, they weren't never going to make it. So, well, they're not going to make it if they get calls like that against them. And, and Ricky's come out and basically said, we just don't get calls. We do not get calls. And he basically said, well, the times, in regards the times to, would feel the same way. Regards to Josh Hodgson not getting any respect from the things, he said, if we had Cam Smith, our captain there tonight, we win that match because the refs listened to Cam Smith, but they didn't listen to Josh Hodgson. How is that possibly fair? I think that I think that Josh Hodgson, if he was had a consistent run at captain, would be able to get more into he the would but the point would. is he hadn't yet and they deal with different there's a cult of personality that's operating and Ricky's point is well made because Cam and it's because he's so damn good at it oh, of course you want to be his and, friend and Thurston as well they're the two best at it yeah you want to be their friend if they come up and they shine their light upon you it's, it's hard not to get sucked in I, I, don't, it's think, it's Cam I don't think he's a I, don't think, I don't think Cam Smith has Jonathan Thurston might have sort of a magnetic personality Cam Smith does not have nah. nothing to like about Cam Smith yeah he does yeah, he does. Even his, even his, even the other two of the big three can't stand him. It tells you all you need to know about. No, Cam Smith. I, I've interviewed Cam Smith twice, and okay, yeah, I am a, a raging sycophant fan, as we all know, and I'm so clear. Yeah, I'm a suckhole. There's no question about that. But when I interviewed Cam Smith, and he smiled at me and he answered the question, and he had a little bit of a joke, you feel special. You feel special. He knows. Yeah, how to because make you, feel you special. like the referees, are a nerd, and it's like, oh, finally, the cool guy wants to talk to me. Bingo. And he's brilliant at it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. So he does have some, you know. And you and know, you love Cherry Evans too, and he sucks. Oh, yeah, no, he's a wonderful bloke. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of his. You, look, the best thing in the world is when you get to do sideliner in the tunnel and you actually get to meet these guys. It is I think just the best. Personally, my, my big thing throughout my life has been don't meet your heroes because by and large, they will disappoint you. Sometimes they do. Sometimes there are the Blake Ferguson's and Josh Jurgens of this world, but then the, the Josh Hodgson's, and he doesn't disappoint in any way. He's probably the best person I've ever met as as a, as a younger person. Mm. Greg Matthews. Oh, you liked Mo? Yeah, fantastic guy. Okay, I'm pleased to hear that. Uh, going on with the questions, um, Steve Wood wants to know what sanctions have the Raiders launched against the NRL? I think only one where Ricky basically came out and said they all sucked and is going to get away with it without a fine because they'd be out of their minds to fine him, but that's about it. 
Yeah. And I think we're sort of bargaining on the fact that this weekend against uh, Melbourne, I doubt we're going to get the rough end of the pineapple. I really severely doubt we're going to... We might lose that match, but I don't think we're going to get the rough end of the I, pineapple. I'm not confident going to that match because this is, you know... Oh, whoever it is. You know, but, but we've had one down there twice. I know, but also, like, I sort of... The game against the Cronulla, that was really our last... No, big, we're big, still alive. We chance. win six, we make it. You've yeah, got to believe, yeah. in 1989, we won the last nine straight. It's only six this time. It's even easier. <laughs> Come on. Get your green, bleeding boots back on, mate. Marty Singh wants a captain's challenge and no bunker for anything else. So the only way the bunker can come in is when the captain's challenge says, I want you to check that. Yeah. And you get two and a half, um, two failures. You keep them if you're there. I don't think it's a bad idea. Nick Roberts, um, he's hating on Ricky. Don't like Ricky. Uh, one final series in five seasons. He's not great, and we've talked about that before. Yeah. And, and he I'll... says, why do so many Raiders fans support him? I'm willing to give Ricky... Um a pass for this year mm. because of the fact, you know, so Josh Hodgson, uh, Jack White and did Ricky and ourselves absolutely no favours by going on that, you know, insane rampage. Mm-hmm. Um, but next year, it has to be make or break for Ricky. I mean, it's, he's got one more year on his contract after after next I, year. I'm not happy about the term insane rampage. I'm not happy about that at all. I'm going to allow it because, you know, you are Blake and you are known for, you know, making statements like that. But I, I don't particularly want insane, you know, rampage well, associated with me. And no, I don't want to explore the issue at all. Anyway, next question. Uh, and why do so many Raiders fans support Ricky is the next one. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Don't I support say because he bleeds green. He and bleeds green and he's passionate. He bleeds green and he's passionate. And you know what? He's a brilliant, you know, he's now a Hall of Famer, rightly, rightly. He is a brilliant player. But the best players do not, not make always, the best coaches. I guarantee you, it's just bad luck. He came was in... Was Ivan Cleary one of the best players? No, he was a decent no, player. No, but I completely... Was Craig agree. Bellamy a brilliant player? Tim Schultz, no. yeah. No, I, I, I Wayne Bennett, that. keep going. All I'm saying is Ricky, given a little bit of luck, he's rebuilt the, the, the squad in his own image, you know, like in the image that he wants. He's gone out and got the players, and but for some bad luck at some key points... We would have, we would have really, we would have at least got to the grand final in two thousand and sixteen. But for Toots doing his knee and Leilua doing his hamstring, we win that match. We win that match, and we get through the Sharks. I don't know whether we would have beaten them, but we get Probably there. Not. Probably and, not. And that's the thing. There. And then he would have had more than a pass mark because we would have got to it. And the thing is, he's the one who saw that Soliola was worth bringing back when we we're all like, oh, isn't he? It has been. He's the one who who said, let's do this thing with Hodgson. He's the one who said that Elliot Whitehead guy playing for Les Catalans. And no one goes to Les Catalans mm. for glory. Um, let's bring him over here. He's the one that put all these pieces, bits and pieces. He's the one that convinced Jack White to re-sign when people were trying to poach him. He, he stuck this side together and now John Bateman is coming, who is an English international, and no one's going to be disappointed when they see him. I stick by him because I know he is trying harder. And when we take a loss hard, and I know this is what I'm hearing from you, Nick, you're hurting and you're looking for someone to blame and say, it's not good enough, God, I want to win. And I'm with you, I completely agree. But the missing link, the wrong thing, it's not Ricky. It's not Ricky at this stage. We're just not getting the rub from the refs and we're just having some bad luck. You know, that's the way it goes. Uh, Matthew Lippiat Sidman says, uh, why Kotrick not at fullback or centre? Yeah, we've covered that. We agree with that. We thought that was odd. Um, and Suze Watson-Locke, um, going back to one ref, she thinks that'd be more consistent. What questions did you have? 
Oh, well, you've really sprung on me here. Hang on a second. Yeah, uh, well, but the, the, the ref controversy is the, is, the, is the major thing this week. And, um, of course. I mean... And I really do hope that Todd Greenberg comes in over the top and basically says, this is all crap. You're all useless. I'm gonna, heads are going to roll. I'm going to make sure of it because that's what a CEO should be doing. That's what, what a CEO should be doing. Yeah, what I would say about it all is I, you know, there are times that I feel as though we are harshly t- treated mm. by the NRL. Mm. And uh, by the referees, but I, I really think that um, last Friday's game against the Sharks, it was it was just pure incompetence. Oh, yeah. It wasn't that there was some greater conspiracy to keep the Raiders no. out of the finals or anything else, or no. have the Sharks in the finals. No, 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 no. It was just just incompetence. And no, there was no you, conspiracy. If at you all. look statistically through um, all major sports, whether it's the the Premier League or whatever it is. High-profile teams and high-profile players do get more decisions going their way. Yeah, they and do. that's and that's where we suffer from that. And probably the same reason, probably t- teams like the Titans or whoever else it is feels that they don't get as many of the calls go their way because they don't. And and I totally agree. But anyway, so let's moving on from there. The next segment we have today is uh, what grinds my gears, and uh, we're having a bit of a variation on this because this week it's not what grinds my gears, it's what grinds Blake's gears. So yes, Blake, thanks, Tim. What does grind your gears? Well, what grind grinded my gears from the last um, ground co- your gears. ground my gears from the last couple of weeks uh, since we last did the show was um, the hysterical overreaction in the media to um, Joe Leilua celebrating. An incredible last second victory mm. um, against the Bulldogs, you know, and and you had the Morris twins who yep. are a couple of clean skins, and oh, you yeah. could seemingly do no wrong, no. and then you've got Joey who's like public enemy number one, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the villain. You got someone like um, Rothfield who's who totally hates Joey and he's always got an in for him, saying it's one of the grubbiest acts he's ever seen in his life on the field, and you know, so he loves the Sharks and. You've got Paul Gallen, who's like ripped at people's stitches in their heads. Minicello. You've got you've got um, you've got him racially abusing people. Oh no, Joey yelling at the at the Morris twins. Sorry, LaFranchi, not Minicello. Yeah, LaFranchi, yeah. And um, I, I met you know, the in other terms day. in terms of like grubby acts, you've got James Graham biting Billy Slater's ears. Yeah, yeah. Now, how really? Where does BJ yelling at the Morris twins rank on the scale of grubby acts? Pretty low down, I think. Mm. You know, and he's he hadn't had a good game, and, no, and they'd been into game. they'd been into him all game. Oh, they had. Five minutes earlier, they'd forced him over the sideline, ripped his jumper, and screamed at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, look, in the last minute, in the heat of the battle, he yelled at them, and I didn't have a problem with it. I had, not only did I have no problem with it, I was ready for it, and I I applaud it. You know, that's passion in the game. He had had a dirty game. Reese Martin had gone through his side of the field three times. He had hung out, arms out, he'd given away stupid penalties, he'd had errors, he'd missed tackles, and then at the very last, he steps up, does a great run and scores the try, and the people who'd been giving him crap all match, and you know, they'd been twisting the knife. Yeah. They'd been twisting the knife. And, and they were, they were lying vanquished on the they ground. They were lying vanquished, and he got up and said, <laughs> who's laughing now, boys? Who's laughing now? And it's, it's sort of the double stands, because that is... Is portrayed as a really villainous act, yet when you know Jared Hayne says this is my house, everyone celebrates it. So it's, it's it's a fine line between what is what is celebrated and what so is. I ridiculed. didn't celebrate that at all. I did, I really hated that moment with Jared Hayne. This is my house because he kicked a field goal in Campbelltown, but yeah. that's because Campbelltown was his home. You know? Yeah, but it wasn't because he racked off and went to Parramatta, so it wasn't his house at all. It was never his house. Regardless, regardless. And also, on the back of all that sort of criticism of, of Joey Leilua, a lot of people, Raiders fans, have been fairly critical of him and wanting him to be um, punted. But I think he's I think he's a vital 
oh, part of the side. I think I think he's one of he's a genuine game breaker, and we need him. And look, yep. sure he has his brain explosions, yep, but I think since that incident, and apparently Ricky did have a word to him. He's actually been very good, and there's been a couple of incidents where people have tried to bait him in games, and he hasn't responded. He's walked away. So I, I think that uh, you know we've got to give him a, give him a, a shot. And uh, well, I thought I the think, second half effort against the Sharks was simply outstanding. Oh, unbelievable! And the and the triple cutout pass to hit yeah. um, uh, Brad Abbey. Brad Abbey was. I mean, I know Funky Reynolds called it back incorrectly. Um, but it was a brilliant it was, pass. It was an out, It wasn't just a brilliant pass. It's the sort of pass that Ricky Stewart used to do on a regular basis. I didn't think Joey had it in him. It's a real disappointment that got called back because a lot should be made of how good that pass was. So yeah. I completely agree. And you know what? That would grind my gears, T-Bloke. That, that grinds my gears as well. Definitely grinds my gears. So now we move on to uh, Stump the Pork. And I believe you, you have a Stump the Pork for this week. I do. I do. It was interesting. I had some friends over on the weekend and they um, actually asked me a question. Mm-hmm. And the reason they asked me this question is because they happened to um, work with this guy in the past mm. in Darwin. And, and the question was, who scored the very first try for the Canberra Raiders? Jerry De La Cruz. Correct. He works in my department. Is he still in Darwin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, Jerry. <laughs> I'm certain he's, he's, he's listening to us. No, he works for the Department of Employment up in Darwin. Um, went up there. Yeah, no, no. He first, first ever tried, Jerry De La Cruz. Now, that's an easy one. You've got to come no. up with something a little bit harder than well, that. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. Oh, no, no, it was, no, it wasn't too bad at all. It wasn't too bad at all. No, that's that's very true. Um, okay, so that very that's the quickest stump the pork yes. section I think we've ever had in, in moving the, right along. In just, the history. just keeping things flying tonight. Too. No, yeah, just keeping it fast. Okay, so let's go to reasons to be cheerful, and there are there are reasons to be cheerful. Okay, first reason to be cheerful, and I know you're all down and despondent, but we're on 18 points at this present stage, and if we win, if we win six more matches, we're on 30 points, and we have six more matches to win. And 30 points will get us into the finals. So reason to be cheerful is the dream isn't over yet. It's not over. And on the back of that complete injustice, I reckon we're going to go on the win. And I reckon we're going to get into the finals. And I reckon we're going to lift the trophy, all right? You heard it here first. Everyone's going to come back in time for the finals, with the exception of Tuts, who's had surgery. But everyone's going to come back in time. And we're going to roll over sides. And they're going to just wish. They're going to wish that they hadn't baited the Raiders and said, oh, they've not beaten any sides uh, above them. Well, we have beaten the side <laughs> above us on the ladder. And why is that, Blake? Because we've beaten the West Tigers and they have now actually gone ahead of us on yeah, the table. Yeah, they have gone ahead of us on the table and we've beaten them. So aren't yours. <laughs> the interesting thing about the West Tigers is they've actually beaten all the good teams. Yeah. Or they've beaten Melbourne. They've beaten Souths. Yeah, the uh, Roosters. Roosters. And they've lost to like Parramatta and Newcastle and all the... Yeah, yeah, and, the, and us. Yeah. yeah. Um, other reason to be cheerful is in spite of having five first-team players out going away against a side that's in really good form at the present stage, the Raiders should have won that match against Cronulla. They absolutely, in the second half, in spite of the fact that they were down by 16 points, they came back and they won that second half 18 points to six. And they should have won at 18 points to nil um, and won the match. Um, and that second half performance from pretty much every player on our side, bar Michael Oldfield, who just had a dirty game. Like it, Abby had the yips as well. Occasionally, he but good. he, he also did attack. some good stuff as well. He looked good in attack, but every time a bomb goes up now, yeah. he doesn't look confident. But if and you... it was in his first game of fullback, he caught you know, the first... 
I think it was four or five, yeah, was yeah. against the Broncos. He caught the first four or five, and then, and then he dropped one, one and yeah, he yeah. hasn't seen him able to catch one since. But you look at that match, you see Rapana did well, Leilua did well, um, Kotrick did well, uh, Sam Williams did well, Austin was actually okay, was quite good in defence, yeah. Papa did well, Whitehead yeah. did well, Soliola did well, Abby. Uh, um, on, a, on a side note with Abby, I haven't seen a, a jersey that baggy since the late 90s. No, it's true. It was a very baggy jersey. I, I, I think it's because he's a very slim man. Yeah, maybe it is. I used to be a slim man. You remember that, don't you? Once upon a time, um, I actually got given a, a former Raider, or well, he was a Raiders player at the time, hmm. gave me his player's jersey. And the player's jerseys are quite different to the supporters' jerseys in, in the sort of the overall cut and composition. Yeah. And so... Um, I had the players jersey. It was very loose around the shoulders. Yeah, yeah. And then just very tight around the midsection. I happen to know which play you had that from, and that describes his body shape. So, um, yeah, Mr. Atkins. Uh, no, it wasn't Atkins. Wasn't it Atkins? No, was no, it? It, was, it was Adrian Pertels. I've got a couple. Is that right? I've got, got a Troy Thompson's one and with blood, and I've got Adrian Pertels as well. With blood? Yeah. Oh, added blood. Yeah, it's, oh. a white, it's a white jersey with blood on it. Nice. One of the, the white, you know, CMFU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll oh, show it to you later. That's very good. That's very good. Now, so the reason to be cheerful is in spite of all the shit that happened, we damn near won that match at the Sharks, and that shows a lot of good things about the side. Um, now, before we go out for this episode of uh, Raiders View with Blake and the Pork, I wanted to remind you that the great friend of the show, uh, Dennis Carnahan, is in town this Sunday night, coming up 20 of Wasn't he good July. in our last episode when we had him as, as, the, yeah. as the third wheel? Yeah, he was who, fantastic. Who'd have thought that he'd someone who's like funny professionally would actually be quite good on this podcast you know who would have thought that yeah. I mean usually you have to have two you know unfunny <laughs> hacks sitting here and I believe Matt Cleary long time listener also is intending to be on the show if we can get him down Excellent. from Sydney you know and away from his golf and his beer which is pretty much what he he does anyway Dennis 29th this Sunday the street theatre there are still some tickets available it is hilarious I guarantee there will be a fair bit of hostility towards the referees there will be some Raiders players in the crowd as well I guarantee you that much it is absolutely hysterical. Please be there. Um, fill it up because Dennis, as you know, is a dyed-in-the-wool Raiders supporter like all of us. Um, and to take us out, he has his own take of Video Killed the Radio Star in reference to the horror show last Friday night at Shark Park. The bunker is a waste of time. This is why people are turning off rugby league. Raiders v Sharkies in Cronulla Friday night Raiders were down by four but still well in the fight Valentine's forward pass was knocked on on the right The flag went up and the referee called knock on The touchy raised his flag to say that play should stop Then Jerry Sutton put his whistle in his gob But inexplicably refused to do his job Things.
pretty good, but...